Hi, I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And we are the founders of SeekPurposeNow.com. Seek Purpose is a community platform where we can come together and share and grow through our stories, struggles, and victories. Hey, everybody. It's Suzanne. And I'm Dave. We're going to talk a little bit about us. What are we celebrating coming up? We are celebrating our 25-year wedding anniversary next week. Can't even get over it. I know. I feel so young. I still feel like I'm 25. That's a crazy thing. How can we be married? (laughs) I feel it after all. Is that what that blue thing is upstairs in the bathroom? A little puffer? (laughs) Yes. Definitely. Anyway, yeah, we met in uh, 1991, I think it was. Yep. At a dance. And you had mentioned to me that you were going to request a song before I did. <laughs> or no, you said I could request a song before you. No, you said you were going to request a song before I did. Yep. And I said that was fine. However, we were at a dance, a recovery dance, and you smelled like alcohol. And I proceeded to mention that you smelled like alcohol, and I think you were quite offended by this. <laughs> and I said, why are you slurring your words? And you were then again quite offended by this. However, you continue to talk to me. You weren't really that drunk, but I think you were... I was sobering up at that time, yeah. that's for sure. Sober, but going nowhere <laughs> pretty quick. I don't know why, what I was doing really. I was working at a store, a clothing store, with a buddy of mine. We worked at the same store and I had no real ambition in my life what I was doing. I think, to be honest, I was gambling. Do you want to know what you did? I was actually supposed to, on New Year's, I didn't even want to go to this dance. I just got sober. And actually, part of the story was, for on my side, is I was still, as Dave said, smell like alcohol. I was drinking. And I didn't think I'd ever see this dude again. I did my old behaviors like, you know, drunks do, and you go home with a guy. But I figured I'd never see this guy again, so I actually started asking him, like, he hadn't drank for six years. And I didn't believe him. But I kind of thought, well, maybe he might be telling the truth because his skin was like glowing. Like he had this skin and his eyes were like glistening. He just wasn't like a bar guy, if you know what I mean. Like he was just, he just had something else. And his conversations were like, he really cared about what I was saying. And I, so I figured I took a risk of asking him, like, how do you know if, you know, you're an alcoholic or like, you know, how does, so he proceeded to tell me, he kind of gave me these little tips of knowing how to tell if you're an alcoholic or not. And then I'm like, oh, quickly, no way. I'm not an alcoholic. There's no way. I'm thinking in my head. And, of course, he left and I never saw him again until New Year's. But uh, four days after that, that was I saw him on a Friday, Saturday. I actually ended up drinking one more time with that information that he shared with me. And it was insane. And there was no question in my mind that night that I for sure had a drinking problem. And I entered into a recovery program at that point. So I actually, when I saw him again, who I figured I'd never see you again. And I remember you walking into that flipping dance and I'm like, oh my God, there's that guy. Like cringe, I'm sober, I'm clean, I'm raw. Like I don't have any excuses. <laughs> like how do you handle this situation? And, and I was so fearful. And I was actually supposed to leave at midnight to, because I was a midwife kind of for my, my stepsister she was going into labor that night and um, but I was at this dance and one thing that Dave did that really surprised me is he came and we were I was outside smoking and we were you end up smoking with me and you actually made an amend I didn't know it was that at the time but 
you actually sat there and you told me how sorry you were uh, because you thought about me throughout Christmas and that wasn't right of you to, you know, take me home like you did and take it basically, not that he said he took advantage of me, but you know, it just wasn't becoming, he said, you're a really nice person. You're a nice girl. And I, I shouldn't have done that. And I was just like, what? He's like, what, what? This is like, you know, the first experience of emotion and feeling. And I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm totally hooked. I want this guy. And then, yeah, then we have getting all emotional because love does that to us, right? So that's kind of how we met. And I remember another experience when you broke up with me and I was really quite upset and uh, I was crying at some support meeting out there and, and I'm crying, I'm crying. And um, I was very young when I came in, so I had a couple of guys that were consoling me, of course. <laughs> Anyways, this car pulls up and these guys get out and it was kind of this old car and they get out and I'm crying, <laughs> crying. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this guy comes out and I swear he looked like, you know, freaking Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, glasses, tan. And I'm like, who's that? All of a sudden, no tears, gone. <laughs> I see this man. It was like someone of a movie, like slow motion, like, you know, who have ever seen Blown with Johnny Depp walking in that suit? It was like that moment. And I'm all of a sudden, I'm like all forgot about Dave. I'm like, who's that? Next, next victim. And it was Dave. <laughs> like, O-M-G. And at that moment, um, yeah, that moment, I, I knew that uh, I can't continue on with those old behaviors. I just got to stick with this one. Do you remember that day? I do remember that day. I was looking for you. You had a tan. Like you were already kind of had that glow tan. But I mean, I guess you told me that you fell asleep on the beach. <laughs> I tan easily. That's why that's my Irish side. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention. Or did no, I mention? you yeah. Oh yeah, I mentioned I'm half Irish and half First Nations. So anyway, yeah, I remember that particular day. I think from that day forward, we pretty much stayed together ever since. And then we had Brendan. Well, before they had kids, when, 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 when did you think marriage was the right thing to do? When did I think I felt? Yeah. When did I fall in like with you? <laughs> <laughs> I remember one night took a bite of a bowl of cereal and you and you had this hair that you was, you had really short hair at the time it was your bangs were in your eyes and you took a bite of your cereal and you flipped it back and you looked at me and smiled at big mouthful of cereal. <laughs> no makeup. No makeup. And you, Oh my God! You should tell the makeup story. But anyway, you tell the makeup oh, story. Oh, I tell no, because you tell it better. But anyway, yeah. you you flung your hair back and smiled at me, and I went, and I just said to myself in my head, "Oh my God, I'm in trouble." I just remember thinking that to myself. There was something about your eyes and your smile, and I just knew at that moment. I just knew, oh no, and then that was it. I couldn't. I didn't matter where I went and who I. Even when we split up that time, it didn't matter where I went who I was with, I, I could not get you out of my freaking head. Maybe you can say, who influenced you uh, the most? Who, in my life? Yeah. My like dad. Your, your dad? Yeah, 100%. My dad. Because if you technically look at me and who I am, and my behaviors and my sort of my standoffishness and blah, 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 blah. If you meet me, it would be like, 
I'm very quiet and kind of, and my nickname was Stoneface, anyway. But I'm really not that way if and you won't. And Suzanne, when she met my mom and dad, who lived in Ottawa at the time, for the first time, she understood, mm -hmm. finally, where my warmth came from. Yeah, he's he's a big teddy bear. <laughs> my dad was just, yeah, my dad was, and I say my dad in past tense because he did pass away five years ago. My dad was in the military. And I, he was not a military man, so to speak, as most people would think of. Even though he ended up being a colonel, big cheese, big, big cheese, and very high positions in the military as a... Uh, uh, he was a governor general's aide. He was going to represent Canada in Spain. He was very high up. And, um, but as far as him being a military disciplinarian, not even close. He was such a warm, soft, kind man. Gentle, gentle, gentle. That's definitely your... I... I... Most people who know Dave, we worked with a bunch of teenagers and, uh, well, obviously from my own experience knowing Dave and, you know, early in recovery and young, like, you know, we, we have a story that, you know, Dave sobered up young and so did I. And we say we grew up uh, learning how to live life sober and, you know, and a lot of things that we went through, many go through <laughs> being able to consume themselves with alcohol and other substances and you know, we were getting through it, you know, with real emotions and feelings and whatnot. So we've had good days and bad days, but Dave has always been such a loving, incredible, um, soft person to me. And and he didn't really show, as he said, it out to the outside world as much. But when you get to know him, everybody just falls in love with Dave. And we worked with a bunch of teenagers and he always got a lot of teenagers loved him from this get go. And they'd meet Dave and they'd have these bonds. And, and then um, it wasn't until they too met your parents. And when you meet his parents, it's exactly it. It's just like, oh, I remember all the teenagers were all excited to meet Dave's parents. Like they were celebrities because they loved Dave so much. They were so excited to meet like, okay, who, where'd he come from? Oh my goodness. They're so, we didn't really share anything about your parents. And uh, so they were all excited. They all came over to the house to meet these parents of Dave and they walk in they're like where are they where are they where are they? they walk in the house and they're like where are they and they meet them and then one turned around one girl particularly turned around and came right out and she's like shaking her hands going, ah, 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 they're 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 i go they're white <laughs> she said, That's it. no offense to anybody out there for saying that but dave is you know uh indigenous as he's already said and and he was adopted and and his family were definitely uh, white collar in every aspect to that, uh, but such kind people. And then once everybody, all the kids met met them, uh, they had the same experience as me. They're such incredible people, and their marriage and their love for each other were pretty special. And I, I was definitely hooked. I don't know if I would have been hooked on marriage before meeting your parents. It wasn't until I knew the roots of of uh, your upbringing that um, made me fall in love with you even more. No question about that. What's a what's a fight? What's our biggest fight? Oh my gosh, we've had many fights. But what's a big what's a standout? My gambling. Yeah. My gambling addiction was my biggest fight. Our biggest fight. And 
times that I would disappear and go gambling cost our family financially, emotionally, spiritually, all the stuff I did back then. Left home for four months, I think it was. Just decided to gamble rather than be a part of our family's life. That was a, definitely our biggest fight. No, my question. No question. Yeah, that was pretty scary times. So, I mean, and that was a long-winded fight. What's a standout? What do you remember about when the explosion? Do you have anything that's a standout? I just remember one time you had the kids, Brennan and Kayla there. I don't remember where Joe was. I don't know if Joe was there. He just said something about, I can't remember what the conversation was. I just remember leaving, deciding to leave rather than stay. Because I couldn't handle not gambling. The thought of not gambling was worse than the thought of losing my kids. Yeah, that, that was a pretty tough time going through that as a family because you got children and we had kids and they were always wondering, you know, we didn't, we didn't argue a lot in front of them, but the tension, I don't know if other listeners can relate, but the, the tension that happened uh, when you did come home and whatnot and I'm just trying to be a parent to trying to you know explain to the kids what was going on and uh I heard this I don't know if it was at church or at a, a meeting or whatnot but I I did understand the Jekyll and the Hyde the that that like my husband left the building so to speak like he was there by body but certainly that was not my husband walking and breathing and you know, putting his head in the pillow when he did at night. And so I thought that was the easiest thing to do to explain to the kids is we were coloring. We did a lot of that and we we're coloring in the kitchen. And I decided for each one of them saying, Hey, I said, let's, why don't we guys, why don't we draw pictures of your favorite times with dad? And so we got them to all to draw pictures of how, what they loved about dad and that day, so we did those pictures. And then I said, when was the last time you saw him like this? And they're like, couldn't think of the last time. It was a long time. And I said, how would you guys like it to have him back? And they were like, yeah. And I said, okay, well, why don't we ask that thing that's walking around? Why don't we ask, why don't we ask it to leave? And then... Until and, and go ask it to bring this guy back. And they're like, yeah. I go, do you guys want to do that together? And they were like, yeah. So we did these pictures up. And the day that Dave doesn't remember, I don't even know if he, he was almost, like I say, he was in another entity. And he walked up to the stairs. And we were actually sitting in the living room at, near the stairwell. And he walked in and he was like, what is this? It was almost like an intervention. It wasn't planned intervention because intervention wasn't around in those days. Or I'd ever heard of them anyways. And uh, yeah, he walked up the stairs and the kids were all there. And what, you know, you were not happy. And we kind of explained that to you and had your bags packed. They actually helped you pack your bags. And yeah, you were not happy. You raged in a way that I've never experienced before. It was pretty, pretty frightening. But the kids had the pictures. I don't even know if you got them. Maybe that's why you don't remember them. But yeah, you ended up leaving and, and it was a emotional but it was also freeing in a sense because the kids could see how I explained to them how that's not your dad. Even after you left, I said, that's not dad. 
that's not done. Go away. And they'd be like, go away, go away. <laughs> and yeah, I'm so grateful you're not that anymore. What do you think keeps us together? God. Yeah. Absolutely God. Because, um, yeah, recovery and God. <laughs> Just because I don't think anything else would keep us together. Actually, this week, there's one moment this week where I, I was going to say something to you and God <laughs> stuck in and kept my mouth shut. So I guess it says, what do you think couples need to stay together? Someone else to talk to other than your wife <laughs> about those insane thoughts that you have that are weird things that happen. And many times I've brought them up to you and they just cause a fight. Sometimes I'd like to fight. Sometimes i just bring them up to fight. That's the <laughs> dumbest thing of all. I just want to fight because there's no feeling between us. Like there's no cuddling or no happiness between us. I'd rather fight because then at least I know there's something between us. You'll take whatever you can get. I take what I'll get, <laughs> yeah. I hate when there's no, no communication, no talking, no touching, no nothing. I'd rather just go at it. I, I push the buttons that I know will get your reaction and I can just... <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's fun. Let's go. <laughs> but then I'll push them too far, then you'll cry, and I'll feel bad. <laughs> that happens a lot, actually. Yeah, learning to communicate is, is I think, the, the hardest thing. Like, we sit there and talk about the hardest thing that we've gone through, which for sure is your gambling. There's no question that that, that was a thing. But I, I, I think the most difficult part in our marriage, or in probably other you know, listeners are, can relate to is communication and intimacy, <laughs> intimacy right? Yeah. Def I guarantee you that's the hardest because I hear about it. I hear about it in the hockey change room. I hear about it in the talk shows. I hear about it in the 12 step rooms. I hear about it everywhere. Sex and intimacy is an issue everywhere. On both sides of the fence, women and men, communication breakdown. But yeah, it is because we both came into our relationship with so much emotional trauma around those relationships and that, you know, and, and things have caused us a great deal of pain within our marriage and discomfort and, you know, expectations. And it's just, it's, it, that also has been a big. I think that. That lifestyle goes with addiction, though. And unfortunately, people that have one partner for life are lucky in a lot of ways. I know that there are people out there that have that. They don't think of it as odd. However, I think people that drink half a glass of wine are odd. <laughs> so it makes perfect sense that people that have one partner to me I would think would be odd but that doesn't make what they're doing wrong probably makes what I do and what I did extremely wrong because obviously drinking excessively didn't do me any good whatsoever <laughs> it ended me up in treatment living on the street with nothing 
<laughs> so I went like everything else, I went the wrong way. So, you know, and it, God's purpose was sex was to recreate, procreate, not to mess up everyone else's life, because it certainly didn't. I, I remember feeling crappy. As Suzanne had already mentioned, I already felt bad about the night that I spent with her, the first night or two that I spent with her. I had to apologize for that. My husband and I just love having our evenings. Finally, the kids go to bed and then we just sit and we PVR it. So I don't watch regular television very often. The TV was on, you were passed out on the couch or something came down. <laughs> and it wasn't, it was absolutely like porn. And I looked and it was like a, a it wasn't, it wasn't like you had a, a special station on, <laughs> but there was actually like two people going at it. And I'm like, of course, I walk in as his wife going, what the fuck is, what is he doing? Like, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is this another addiction that he's got going on? And it wasn't, it was absolutely, I went up and I looked at the, the, the screen and pressed the guide and it was a regular, like a broadcast station, like a... Why do you wake me up? <laughs> oh, I love Holy the way... Crap. The one thing he you make me laugh. I love, he has such a good dry sense of humor my husband <laughs> I absolutely love the way he always brings humor into everything I mean sometimes it's a little bit much sarcasm can actually rip my flesh but uh, most often <laughs> most often um, you have such a good sense of humor anyways it was just appalling moving along so what could we say about marriage to other young couples out there what's 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 the trick of well I think the biggest thing is that you have to take the D out of marriage, divorce. We did that, didn't we? Yeah, we have to because, and I'm not saying that there wouldn't be reason for divorce necessarily. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying if you're getting beaten by your husband or wife, <laughs> I mean, there's obviously reasons for divorce. Don't, I'm not trying to say that, and I'm not certainly not an expert on anything. However, if you're in a relationship that's fairly normal, we can call ourselves a normal marriage yeah. what I what i don't know mm. I, I, you know what i don't even want to put an opinion on it because all i know is for us just personally i'm not even going to state for any of anyone else but for us our relationship personally we took divorce out of it and every year there seems to be a time of the year where we get in this state mm -hmm. between us where there's there is this time of year where we just Get in this tizz. right now. Yeah, it's, it's usually spring. I think it's spring fever. Yeah, it it's, is. It's a tizz that we get in, where we both kind of want to run. I don't know if it's we want to run away from each other or we just want to run. I don't know what it is. It just seems to be that time of year where it's. I was I was fine I was fine when we go. You know, I'll tell this one story because it's kind of happening right now, and I'm glad that we're doing this today. Is we were around this time of year. And we had this incredible weekend planned uh, up to my dad's cabin and the kids were all settled. They were going away. It's just me and him time. And we did a lot of that. We did a lot of dates. We'd go to movies. We'd always have babysitters. And Dave and I, for our entire marriage, have always had date nights. We've spent, actually, we've all, we have business together. I mean, we work together. We do everything together, really, um, except for our recovery. He has his own recovery. I have my recovery. We don't do that together. And I think that's also why we're still 
where we are. But anyways, I'm getting off sidetracked. We went and had this trip and we were arguing. We had a huge fight. Like, I think it was the fight that was that when I threw the suitcase across the kitchen. I'm pretty sure it was actually not a pretty fight. It was one of those ugly fights. And um, I was very rageful and angry. And we get in many ways, the horse, then the babysitters come and everything's happy, joyous and free. And then we get in the car and I'm not even talking to him. I don't know why we got in the freaking car. And I was so angry. And I'm trying to hold on to this flipping anger. And meanwhile, and so was he. And we're not, we're doing a silent treatment because that really solves problems. And we're driving down and all of a sudden the radio came on. You're going to remember this. And this is when I know that there's God, when Dave said, how do we stay together? And it's God. Because a higher power at that point in our life really melted us. Because the song came on and the song that came on was the first song we danced to that night and I'm just Chris Isaac Wicked Game came on the and it, that song in those that era that year never would play on the radio and I'm just like trying to hold on to my anger oh my gosh and as the song went on the song went on it started melting and then all of a sudden my hand was kind of down on the on the console there and then he leans over and just ever so lightly brushed my little pinky finger <laughs> and then I, I, that was it I melted I cried he cried he said I love you I love you too what are we fighting about and that trip was pivotal it was it was such an incredible trip a golf trip in in at the dad's cabin we went to the falls and we went to remember that Harrison and anyway it doesn't matter where we went and every time we go away and something about, you know, when we're going to find that union of togetherness, I always, there's always a battle. And like right now, no, no, no lie, before we started recording, we've got a, a few, you know, a mo you know, I'm doing this podcast and, and trying to, you know, he's not really understanding what's going on. And we kind of had a little, we communicated, we actually were letting each other know how we were feeling beforehand. We had some tears because... You know, my hubby's going through some stuff in his life and and uh, and I realizing now just sitting here live, like right now as we're talking, that's what's happening because we're about to go away at the end of this month again, just the two of us. And every time we plan something to find, you know, to to bring union together, the battle and it's almost like the I mean, for those people who believe in dark side, you know, you know, evil, Satan, whatever you want, or the addiction. Uh, it's calling. It's really strong right now. And it doesn't want us together. You know, every, and, and that's something I have learned in my recovery is every time the miracle is about to happen and the love and the joy never comes without this conflict. And so many people out there and so many marriages and relationships run at this point and want to give up and they miss the freaking magic. And I think the big, big thing I've learned over the years fighting with Suzanne is I'll never win. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and I think, I think for both of us, we both, we both realize that neither one of us will win. It's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of silly because... The fight isn't, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not worth the fight, really, in the end. It's when one of us just gives in, that's when the fight ends. 
one of us just waves the white flag. <laughs> says, okay, I, I'm stopping now. And it doesn't matter who it is, because it's either she's done it and I've done it. What's important is once that white flag goes up, the other person just has to say, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because once that, because it's when that but person waves the white flag, and if she waves the white flag, I'm the idiot that keeps the fight going. <laughs> like, for some reason, I don't care if the white flag goes up. I'm just, I keep going, I keep going, because, like I said before, sometimes I just like the fighting with myself for no reason. I love my wife. She's just, for those of you that are listening, keep listening, because she's just amazing. And she's a good talker. That's why. That's why I regretted so much the second night we were together. When I apologized to her, I was so upset with myself because I had taken advantage of such a wonderful, wonderful human. For some reason, God had given me the eyes to see into her soul. She was just such a beautiful, beautiful woman. And uh, her story was that she is, uh, she just needed a break. Her and her son just needed a break. And, uh, anyway, so yeah, she's just such an amazing woman. And she's got so many friends and so many people that just love her to death. And uh, I'm just fortunate enough to be along for the ride. So. You know, I think that's the big thing for us and the longevity of our marriage for sure is God-driven. Um, and God delivered me you we're in a time of my life that I felt there's no way that I was feeling anything that you saw. And I know that you're my soulmate because you were able to see my soul that day. And through your love, um, I, I am whole today.